to You Should Listen to This. It's been a while. My name is Tanner, and uh, with me as always is... The infamous, the illustrious... Yeah, it's me, Bap. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 been a little bit of a, a a break, but we're back and better than ever. Dare I say? You could say that. T- today we're g- I'm gonna um bring you through an album that I love with a passion. Everyone seems to have a story of when Burial first you know made an impact on them, when his music finally hits. For me, it happened in 2014. I was in high school and his EP Rival Dealer had just come out. And I sat at my computer and I listened to this 30-minute EP with the nicest headphones I had. And I sat through the whole thing with my jaw on the floor. You know, what I was listening to, it uh, it, it sounded alien at the time. It, it sounded like it was from another planet. An alien handed me this EP on a silver platter. And it was it was unlike anything I had ever heard. I, and I became obsessed with the EP. I burned it onto a CD because the only thing in my car at the time was a CD player. So I burned it on a, onto a CD and I would play this three song EP on repeat while I you know drove around sulking in the rain being angsty. It was the soundtrack that my life needed at that time. And you know I started to dig into who Burial was and learn about his music and if there was anything else that sounded like this. I also didn't really have uh, friends that uh, could have appreciated this type of music at the time. It was diff- difficult for these teenage boys to understand why I loved this music so much. They just thought, it, you know, I was being pretentious and annoying. You were also a teenage boy. Yes, and I was also being pretentious and annoying. Uh, to be honest, back then I felt, you know, a little embarrassed to be listening to it. Um, it. It felt like not a guilty pleasure, but like, like you know, not the music you play around friends. And I read people online talking about Untrue, his breakout 2007 album, the album that we're talking about today. Um, so of course I went to listen to it immediately. And when I discovered the album, it was already seven or eight years old at the time, and it still sounded so otherworldly to me. Um, and I started to, you know, do some research into what the genre was, and I was really, really, really confused because it's dubstep, right? Everywhere you go, it says this is dubstep. This this is a dubstep album, and you know, teenage me, I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. This isn't dubstep. This isn't. This isn't you know this wasn't dubstep this wasn't the dubstep that i knew um so i was very confused yeah it wasn't yeah you know like oh oh my god you know skrillex bro step right which we love sure yeah yeah absolutely but but this is true original dubstep this yes this is true og dub step which you know it it turns out that that's what the the name dubstep it exactly implies what the genre is it's dub music and two-step rhythms combined together it's it's a genre that originated in the uk in the early 2000s as a sort of um uh counter culture to the huge uk club scene at the time you know house music uk house was huge it was extravagant. It was bright. It was 
happy. It was it was the hot thing in the UK. But all these dubstep clubs started uh, popping up. And back then, you weren't a real dubstep fan unless you went to all the classic UK clubs. And you had to lose yourself in a pack of cigarettes in the corner of the club, swaying away to the music for hours and hours and hours. It was a meditative, dark, mysterious, and oftentimes bleak genre. And it was meant to sound like the true London experience, like walking down an alley at 3 a.m. and it's pouring rain and you just finished four warm beers with your mates. I, I always think of the show Skins, um, Skins UK, obviously. Yeah. This music kind of feels like that show. It's dirty, it's grimy, it's melancholic, it's angsty, it's ethereal. That's what dubstep is, or that's what dubstep was. Originally. We could, yeah, I mean, we could do a whole other podcast about dubstep and the death of dubstep. But we won't. We won't. Sadly. But we're here to talk about Burial and 2007 and Untrue. An album that Pitchfork called the most important electronic music album of this century. That's a long time. Yeah, well, yeah, so far, I guess. Oh, I didn't I didn't know if it meant like the century henceforth or the century starting with the year two, 2000. Starting with the year 2000. It's crazy to think that we've only been counting for 2000 years. Well, that's I mean, that's not entirely true. No, but you know what I mean. Like, that's when we started to count years in the way that we, I don't know. So in 2007, when this came out, it was uh, coming directly off the heels of his uh, Critical Smash 2006 debut album. An album that, funnily enough, didn't feature a ton of vocal samples at all. And he followed it up with this masterpiece. And Burial, he almost never gives interviews. Um, in fact, most people back then didn't even know what he looked like, his real name, nothing like that. Um, the first time he ever voluntarily showed his face was in a post in 2014 in which he apologized to fans because he was going to stop making music for a while because Dark Souls 2 had just come out and he wanted to play it. <laughs> that was when we first learned his name, William Bevan. And, um, you know, he's a nerd in every way. And that includes a music nerd. He, he explained the title of this album, Untrue, only once. Here's a direct quote. He said, it's like when someone's not acting like themselves. They're off key. Something's wrong. An atmosphere has entered the room. Burial tested this album by driving around South London in the dead of night, listening to tracks. He had uh, good car speakers, of course, because you kind of had to have good car speakers with early dubstep. You know, the, there's a lot of low-end rumbling bass and droning bass that doesn't show up if you have shitty speakers that are all mids. You need that range. And this album feels cold and it makes you look inward, but at the same time it feels comforting and it feels like you're being seen. Uh, this album was written in two weeks in a single track audio editing software known as SoundForge, as in he edited this entire album, made this entire album in a software similar to what I edit this podcast in, which is mind-blowing to me. Not a digital audio workspace like you would typically get. And, and that's what makes this album sound so raw and so DIY, because it is. You know, there's so much insane lore to this album, and I could go on and on and on about it. 
But the impact of this album speaks for itself. It's one of the most influential electronic music albums of all time. All of your favorite producers all had a burial phase. This is the greatest dubstep record of all time, in my opinion, and one of my favorite albums of all time, full stop. For now, before we keep going, I just want to know, Bat, you know, what you knew about burial going into this and what you were uh, expecting going into this album okay yeah so i first heard this album a few months ago i listened to it all the way through just one time i think well yeah i just listened to it once so i actually had already heard this i didn't know that (laughs) yeah i i realized i was like oh no that's probably gonna be a album that Tanner's gonna want to pick for the podcast which is still completely valid I just got like a head start all right all right (laughs) um I knew that it was well you kind of know what I knew I knew that it was super popular super acclaimed great dubstep album of true dubstep or I guess the original type of dubstep but I basically knew nothing and I guess I still not that I still know nothing, but I also didn't, I, I still didn't know anything until you just, you know, told me some more about it. I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about burial. Like I was like, oh, let me listen to this. Not even like even connecting with the fact that someone was, someone made this. It was like, I was listening to this music as if it's, it was just created out of thin air, funnily enough. And I, I think, you know, I think that's burial's goal. You know, there's, like three pictures of him that exist on the internet. He doesn't want to be known. He doesn't want to be famous. Like he just wants to make music. And I think how you experienced it is exactly how he wants people to experience it, knowing nothing about him, who he is. It's like burial. The name is just a symbol attached to a piece of music and that's it. Well, perfect. You're welcome then, burial. Um, We should get into the album though okay yeah so this this um this album you know it opens up with a 46 second untitled track and um it provides uh, a little bit of insight into the tone of the album you know letting us know what we're getting into it's immediately this dark and crackly sound and we hear a sampled voice say i'll show you light now it burns forever There are no drums on this track, and it's just dark and gloomy. We don't have to stick too much. It's it's really just a tone setter, um, but it quickly switches directly into the first, uh, I guess, real song on the album, uh, Archangel. And this this song further opens us up into the world of Burial and Untrue. And uh, before we go further, I just want to say that there are dozens of websites dedicated to finding the seemingly endless samples that are contained within this album. And I would love to point out how fucking cool each sample is, but I can't do that. Um, but I do want to highlight just a few of these samples throughout the album because um, that's really what this album is built on, is these vocal samples. Every single track here contains a vocal sample, usually multiple vocal samples. Sometimes they're distorted beyond recognition, and sometimes you think the sample is one thing, but it's actually another thing. With that being said, Archangel is a banger. It It's a hit. It's probably Burial's most well-known song it has what like 28 million streams on spotify which is far and above all the other tracks on this album and in the rest of his discography the the main vocals that are being sampled here are from 
Uh, well, first of all, do you recognize vocal sample here? No. Okay, so this is a sample of Ray J, a song by Ray J called One Wish. And uh, Burial likes to sample R&B a lot. We'll see this a lot throughout the album. And that I'm sure you picked up on yeah. this, that, that R&B shows up a lot on this album. And the vocals are immediately uh, evocative of this longing and this loneliness that Burial feels so deeply, that a lot of people feel so deeply. Uh, the lyrics go, holding you, couldn't be alone, couldn't be alone, loving you, couldn't be alone, kissing you, tell me I belong. And Ray J's voice keeps getting chopped and screwed and pitch shifted and manipulated. It repeats and it cycles. And it's that meditative two-step style, you know, that that 130 BPM classic dub. And um, But it's taken to the most introspective place. Dubstep wasn't always at this introspective. The instrumental sample in the background, what almost sounds like uh, some strings, like an orchestra, but it's, it's hard to tell the way that Burial uses them. But it comes from uh, the Metal Gear Solid 2 soundtrack which is further proof that uh, Burial is just a nerd making nerd music uh, in the best way possible. Uh, this song immediately puts you in the zone to experience the rest of the album. You know, there's these incredibly dense layers of sampled sounds and they just blanket over your ear and you take off down the album, rolling downhill. And, you know, this song is is super popular for a reason. Sorry, I I, 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 I talked a lot. I love this song. It's, it's his most popular <laughs> song. I Tell me what you think. Yeah, so I Untitled is just, you know, an opening introduction, not meant to be like a real song, but it it is all I wrote was it, it's kind of an ambient outside sounds track to open up and contextualize the album. It's like we're put in a city dropped into the sonic world of Untrue. And I kind of like that it opens in that way um, because it makes the album feel more like a story um, and more cohesive, even though it is like an electronic uh, dubstep album. I think it's still cool to set the scene like that. And it makes the opening of Archangel, like going into that track, it makes it more impactful, I think. And I love that. And uh, I don't know how to say how to I'll just I'll just say my what my notes were for. I said, I like the simplicity of the sound, even though there are a lot of good sonic layers to this track. So even though it's like very richly layered, it still amounts to like a minimalist sound, if that makes sense. Um, but it's immediately catchy and dance trancey, and I like it. I said, I immediately recognized the sample that Rosalia used because I was listening to this track and I was like, where do I know that like little melody from? But it's from the Rosalia song. I don't know why I can't remember the name of the actual song. Candy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that track, but I was like, oh, I didn't know that that was a little melody sample from the song, but I guess it would technically be like it would be sampling this song, but then sampling Ray J. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it, according to who sampled the Rosalia song, samples this song specifically. Right, right. I know, but I just mean like you know, you follow the you follow the tracks. Yeah. Um, but it's easy to see why she would sample it because it's it's such a simple little melody, but like so catchy. But um, this makes me think of mid to late. 2000s club scenes not that i know about 
any of that from experience but i could see people just blissed out dancing to this like eyes closed just completely like moving feeling the the energy and vibes of the music and the drugs coursing through veins and like sparkly you know club like kind of grimy but you know <laughs> that's how i that's how i like see it man yeah i mean yeah you're seeing it exactly right which you know just shows how expertly this world is kind of crafted this world of urban isolation oh yeah and the and you mentioned how there's a lot of r&b samples when you said that i was thinking like i would say that this is i mean obviously it's an electronic dubstep album but to me it's kind of like also like r&b in a way because of just how how influential r&b is to the album oh absolutely i mean you know dub has its roots in reggae obviously and so there's always been a fascination with this with these kind of taking of beautiful voices and and changing them up and making them sound unrecognizable yeah, I mean, some people even call this album a pop album. Mm-hmm, hmm Well, yeah, I mean, genres can can converge and often do all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's easy to look back and say those things. I mean, this was a genre-defining, redefining album when it came out. Like, no one knew how to label it, right? Only now can we look back and um, are able to really say things about it. I mean, back then, people were debating if this was even a dubstep album. You know why? Well, because um, dubstep usually wasn't this DIY sounding. It wasn't as raw. It wasn't as this feels like a very personal album, despite it being um, anonymous. Like it's personal to each person. And so, while dubstep was always kind of a meditative kind of uh, ethereal genre, it never made you look inward like this did. That. <sighs> I find that so hard to believe. I don't understand really? what what this album like. I guess I would have to hear other dubstep of the time. Um, and I, I, I have don't, some songs I that I want to send you after this that are some early dubstep songs. I just don't see what makes this album specifically so introspective, as opposed to other dubstep other dubstep music, and even like I guess. To me, this isn't like an emotional album. Oh, maybe I'm just hollow. Well, let's 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 see if you're actually hollow. Let's see if you're a cold-hearted bitch. Let's move. Uh, <laughs> okay. The um the song near dark. The song immediately after Archangel. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you since since you're so since you're Miss Oh, this isn't emotional. Tell me what you think of this song. Okay, yeah, so there's a clear and clean break between the previous track and this one, so between Archangel and Near Dark. The beat comes in, and it's so similar to the previous song that I, like, while I'm listening to it, I'm like, is it the same beat as the previous song? And it keeps up that kind of upbeat danciness, but it has a little bit more darkness to it. And there's some fun stuff going on in the production that makes it sound... A little complex and and yeah like this song i could totally see like being in a club and because we have that sample that's like i can't take my eyes off you it is very like you're making eyes at someone in a club while you're dancing and it's like mysterious and and cool but i don't know how emotionally emotionally deep that goes 
I'm not angry. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. So And we've got when, we've got when, a lot when, of layers. We've got a lot when, of industrial sound. When you sound. listen to this song, <laughs> you don't hear the melancholy, the euphoria, the claustrophobia. Uh, I, there's even like this feeling of like like liberation. Like it just it's a powerful I mean across this whole album, it's just it, it, you're you're not feeling the emotional impact of of are you getting the themes of like like the themes of the album, like urban alienation, longing, lost connections, lost love, things like this? Oh, I guess I didn't really. I mean, I get it subconsciously, maybe, but it's like it, that just to me, it's like, what else is it going to be about? Well, like, it just seems too obvious. Like, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, it's about that. That's a given. I just didn't think that it yeah. like. OK, I like right. the industrial of the album like it's such an industrial sounding album and i really love that there's like such a, a strong juxtaposition between the vocal samples and like the emotion within the vocals uh juxtaposed with the sounds like the very deep bass and i don't i don't know how to explain the samples other than like industrial like it sounds gray it sounds charcoal it sounds chrome it sounds like a lot of like metallic buildings concrete like it just sounds like those elements yeah and and yeah some aesthetic inspirations for this album are things like blade runner and you know the cyberpunk aesthetic and you know brutalism uh yeah, i get very brutalism much. i don't get yeah. it's funny because i don't get anything like cyberpunk i don't get any sort of like technology or anything i just get like brutalist architecture uh type vibes but but like very non-tech yeah other than like the little coin sounds which are very like video game so it totally makes sense that <laughs> that he's like a nerd because like the, the the coin sample comes in and i just like think i'm collecting coins <laughs> in a video game funny enough um that isn't a, a coin sound. I, it does sound like a coin, but it's uh, a bullet casing falling on the ground. Oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah, very nerdy, very interesting. And it comes from the perfect. Metal Gear Solid games. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. It sounds very like coin like, so I just like called it like the coin sound. I didn't No, absolutely. Think, I didn't think it was actually a literal like coin sound. I just didn't know what to call it. And then that continues on in the next track too. And and I feel like it kind of keeps going in and out throughout the album. I don't know. Yeah, there there are musical motifs that come yeah, back. Yeah, there often. are, and and it's ugh, it's hard for me because all these songs. The first time I heard this album, I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I like this. Like, who wouldn't like this? It's just very middle of the road stuff. Okay, to be fair, you know, some people say that the right the right way to enjoy an album like this is to blast it through good speakers, close your eyes, and just immerse yourself in the sounds. At a club, preferably. I was going to say, yeah. Not really dancing, more swaying and feeling. Yeah, and that's exactly, when I listen to it, I'm put exactly in that scenario. I'm like, oh, this would be playing like loudly with people, like with their eyes closed, um, dancing in a way that's like not on purpose like just they're yeah. moving because they have to you know what I mean when I was like at a party in college there on the tv was like a it was like a 
I don't think it was a live stream, but it was basically like a live stream of someone like DJing and people dancing at some club. And I don't know where or like what it was because I didn't put it on the TV, but you know, one of those videos and like you could just watch the people and you know, they're like probably on drugs and they're like, they don't care that they're being filmed or whatever or live streamed and they're just dancing. And there was like this girl and like, she was just, you know, dancing like that. Like you, you're not thinking about it. You're just going, you're just feeling it. And I think of that like video or whatever that we were watching as I listened to this. That's kind of like what the album is supposed to make you feel. You're supposed to feel like you. Well then boom, done. When, when you're in that (laughs) club, you are isolating yourself. You are looking inward. You are meditating to this album. That's what you're doing at the club. Nothing makes you think about your own thoughts more than high quality sounds like this, this, all these evocative vocal samples. And I mean, with this song specifically, you know, it's it's the crackling on this song always sounds like um, raindrops on an umbrella over your head to me. And um, there's like these little jingly hi hats in the background. The sample here is uh, How Do I Say by Usher. And uh, it's I Can't Take My Eyes Off You, I Envied You. And it's over It's over a sample of a Hans Zimmer score from the 2001 movie Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down? The porn? Hawk Down. Hawk. Hawk. Oh, I'm not as familiar with that yeah, one. Yeah. But the, uh, the, uh, the part that is I Envied You, according to the internet, that sample is still yet to be discovered. We don't, I guess they don't know what that one is. And, you know, again, this is a, a song that creates a dark and moody and haunting tone. Um, and, you know, there are these absolutely menacing, super low end bass hits here that just sound, it sounds like it would be insane live. And yeah, I, I love the bullet casing falling to this ground, that sound effect. I think it's, I think it's really good. It adds a lot to it. Yeah, I like it, but sounds very. But it all sounds the same to you, I guess. You mean all the songs? Oh, I wouldn't say that they all sound the same completely. It's just I have to, you know, if I'm like, okay, we're gonna talk about this track now, I'm like, which one is that? (laughs) Okay, all right, all right. I mean, do you just remember immediately how it sounds? Okay, so to be fair, yeah, I mean, my first experience with Burial is thinking that it all sounded very similar. Still enjoying it. It does sound similar. It does. You're right. I mean, it's it's all around that. Yeah, it's all around that 130 BPM mark. It all hits that um, half step beat. It has those, you know, snares that are always um, snaring away. Um, but <laughs> the snares that ensnare you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and this album is meant to be played front to back as a whole. Right. It flows. And if you're in a club, you know, you're not gonna, it, that's how you want it to be. You want the sounds to morph. And although the like, club mix of this album is a little bit different. Okay. That's not Sorry. relevant, <laughs> but yeah, let's keep it pushing. Yeah. With Ghost Hardware, which I love some of these titles of these songs. Like, what is, I don't know what Ghost Hardware means. Of course, Burial you has don't? never explained it. No, Come it's on, Ghost man. Hardware. What, oh, what does on. the Ghost Hardware mean to you? What does that mean? It's something that, like, you just have to feel in your heart. It's very emotional um, and introspective. And if you don't know, I, I can't explain it. It's just a personal. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. 
So to be fair, Ghost Hardware is a song that I didn't always love. It honestly had love to grow on you. me. Is it that one? <laughs> yeah. Every okay. Every time that I hear this, every time I hear this track, I'm like, is this the one that's like love you? And then I'm like, I, it must be because it would fit in with this song so well. And then it comes in, and I'm like, yeah, it is that track. Yeah, it's. Um, I really like this song. This is this is this is one that once it grew on me, I really <gasps> Wait grew a to second. love it. Huh? Is the "Love You" a Beyonce sample? I don't believe so. I think this is. Oh, because I know that there's a Beyonce sample on later. "Untrue." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I don't know. I just heard the like "Love You" and just like it sounded like it was in her register. But I guess so. The main runs that you're hearing the he. Uh huh. Um, that's all Christina Aguilera and what, um, when does she go eat <laughs> when she performs beautiful live on Saturday night live in 2004, it's specifically from that performance. Oh, I gotta, I gotta check that out. Which oh, I Burial see does this kind of thing a lot where he takes very specific vocal samples. Like he's like, I don't want the song. I want, you know, this specific moment. Yeah. That's my favorite. And words aren't really being said in this song a whole bunch besides love you. Uh, this song is a lot more abstract than previous songs. Is it? Yes. It's less. It's far less structured. And it's. Uh, it feels a lot more haunting. The synth is uh, the synth hit that, you know, it almost sounds like the Prowler music sting from Into the Spider-Verse. You know, the... I don't remember that shit. Oh! Yeah. It's it's Maybe absolutely menacing, terrifying. I I love that. I love that sound. That's a favorite of mine. And you know, this song it, it really does sound like a, a '90s club track that has been like decaying as we listen to it. Um, it's it's again very ethereal, yeah. and there's this contrast at play between these angelic vocal samples and the menacing low end. And it's this tug of war between heaven and hell. And it's all happening in the dingiest UK club you've ever been to. It's just so cool. I don't know about heaven and hell. Well, that's what it feels like to me. Oh, okay. 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 That's, I'll allow it. The underlying synth melody across this song also comes from the Metal Gear Solid 2 soundtrack. And, you know, Hideo Kojima's impact. Yes, we love her. <laughs> this song continues the descent into South London that we have been experiencing and it's only getting darker and colder and I love it but and because there's this there's this comfort in the stillness in the vastness there's a comfort in the isolation it perfectly tees us up to fall deep into the depths of London on the next song I didn't even read my notes okay go yes please please please, please. <laughs> I said ah I can't tell if this drum track is different than the previous track. Something happens with this album where I forget the previous track entirely, but in my mind, it's the same as the one currently playing. There's more fun vocal samples in this, which we touched on. Some fizzly typewriter sounding white noise almost. This music reminds me of a Rorschach test. I love the darker background elements that cut in this song. There's some really cool layered effects that really bubble up. Yeah, the the amount of layers. Yeah, it, it's like a nice croissant. A croissant? Yeah, you know, all the layers, the flaky layers. Ah, I could have dropped my croissant. <laughs> Good reference. Yeah, so, okay, Endorphin. It's an interlude of sorts. 
Oh, is um, it? Did, did, I mean, did you get that from it? There's no drums, mm. right? There's no drums on this track. I I wasn't thinking of it as an interlude. That's um, fair. That, I mean, it's... That makes sense. There's like, kind of no interludes. Yeah, they're, it's all an interlude in a way. <laughs> that's a gr- that's a great point. I mean, life is an interlude. We're in limbo constantly. That's what this album is about: is just living in this state of of repeating your actions over and over and over again. For what? You're a mannequin. You're nothing. It's great. All right. Um. Yeah. I said opens with an interesting little alien dude talking to me and some spacey sounds and vocal samples. This album has a lot of samples of someone just vocalizing, which I can really get behind. But what is it? Yeah, a lot of stimming going on. <laughs> yeah, this track has an early 2000s ethereal quality to it. They're all ethereal, but this like gives more etherealness to it. And um, it's giving Y2K. And then the the ending of it is like the song is being whisked away, which I really like. Wow. I like that. I really like that. Because it, it, it really does kind of... Um... Like I said, at this point of the album, we're fully rolling down the hill into London, into the sewers of London. And this kind of, I call this one a vibe check, this song a little bit of a vibe check, because the the, the way that it bridges the gap from the first part of the album to the next part of the album just feels really... But yes, I like the way it's whisked away at the end. You're so right about that. Yeah, I like that. I think that's sweet. You get more of that crackling sound... And again, it sounds like rain to me. Uh, it sounds like rain on the windshield as you sit parked on an empty street and the traffic lights change on a timer despite no cars being there to receive the signals. And the city continues to breathe when the people leave. There is nothing outside your door besides cold air and loneliness. And yet, you feel enticed to go for a walk. Really? I mean, I get the sentiment, but I just feel like it's more like... you. It's more like, you know, foggy clearing and like there's some lights in the sky and a little alien dude silhouette in the distance. Definitely. I get a lot of alien vibes on this whole album. Yeah. But like not scary alien, just like like a little alien guy. Do, yeah, do you like, know? like classic big eye gray alien guy. Yeah, like cute. Like, hey. Um, you, what are the samples on Endorphin? Yeah, so we got Mary Elizabeth McGlynn as the main uh, vocal sample here. Who I... Oh, of course. Okay, so it's from the Silent Hill 3 soundtrack. That makes sense. Okay. Um, another video game soundtrack. I guess I'll just have to go kind of explore later. Please do. And, and there are some great videos out there and articles that break down a lot of the samples on this album. Really interesting, and uh, the next song actually has one of my favorite samples on the whole album Etched Headplate. This song is so fucking good. I love this song so much. It's like if aliens were British and depressed, and they are, and they are Brits are aliens who are depressed. That works, that's what too. I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. My bad. And uh, this is this is one that I really like to like just jam out to the most. You know, the rhythm is just like really swingy and it's satisfying. And there's like these bubbly little synths that are like dipping in and out and they're like inflating and deflating. It sounds like this song is like 
breathing and um it's it's just really cool um the vocal sample on this track people quickly recognized it as angel by amanda perez classic 2003 r&b song but after people you know were doing some digging and noticing some things that were slightly different from the amanda perez version they burial is known as a youtube digger like have you heard of a crate digger Mm, like someone who looks in crates for specifically in terms of vinyl oh oh yeah yeah. okay that makes sense yeah so yeah exactly so burial is known as a youtube digger and i don't think they're allowed to say that (laughs) i knew you were gonna say something (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) but uh after an extensive search the sample was actually found and it's uh it's a cover of the song angel by amanda perez but it's it's by uh, a young woman just sitting in her bedroom and it's recorded on a cheap webca- webcam and it was uploaded to YouTube in 2007 YouTube user Carmelma401 and um once people found out who the vocal sample was they flooded her 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 cover on YouTube the video um with love in the comments and then Burial sent her a letter thanking her for changing his life and helping him find his voice. And um, he sent her a bunch of burial merch. Uh, she had no idea who burial was, of course, but um, suddenly she was being embraced by this community of uh, music nerds. Oh, that's really cool and really sweet. I love that. Yeah, it's it's super cool. I, I love that story a lot. Um, and this And it's something that he's done a few times. He will sample a cover from YouTube sung into a cheap webcam as opposed to the actual song. Yeah, and that's really cool. But also, like, I feel like, does that get you out of copyright? <laughs> I mean, to be to 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 be on Spotify, you have to just pay the songwriting rights for the song, I think, because mm. it's fair use, I think. Anyway, don't quote me on this. I, I don't quote me on media this law. Is- this is a legal podcast. You can take oh, our legal no, advice. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so dare I say this song is fun. Do you agree with me? Oh, 100%. I think all of it's fun. But it's it's fun in a way that still makes me think of uh, cobblestone streets in like um, Green Westshire or whatever, London, at night, in the rain, alone. You know, he's consistent. The theming across this album is very, very consistent. But to me, I know you probably don't agree with this, but to me, all it, the songs are still so diverse. The grooves just, you know, the different grooves going on just really, I don't know. It's, it's, it's impressive how he can stay consistent but still feel so diverse. And uh, also, the percussion on this track is the sound that it makes when you flip through your inventory in Metal Gear Solid 4. So Cool. Burial's first and only tweet that he since deleted was just Metal Gear Solid 4. Like, it just said Metal Gear Solid. (laughs) That was his only tweet. But he took it back. But he took it back. Yeah, and do you have anything more to say about Etched Headplate? I mean, I love the way the vocals change pitch and the ethereal background of this track as well and i agree with what you said and i like it and it's good woohoo woohoo <laughs> yeah this album is very woohoo i agree uh-huh and then we go to mcdonald's yeah let's go let's go to mcdonald's uh what did you think of this song in mcdonald's okay first of all i love this title 
Are the titles arbitrary or do they have meaning? Do you even know? Um, some of the titles are arbitrary and have never been explained. Um, some of them, the few quotes that Burial has given, they uh, they ha- they have been explained. In McDonald's is kind of like um, he he. I don't remember the quote exactly. I didn't write it down, but it's like it's supposed to be like being in McDonald's, not bothered, not being bothered to check your phone, just staring out the window and just getting lost in your own brain. If I'm in a McDonald's, I don't want to look anywhere but my phone. <laughs> yeah, well, this was 2007, so there was not a <laughs> well, lot to do on your phone back then. There was not a lot to do in McDonald's. No, they had play places back then. Okay. So. Yeah, well. What did you think of it? I said, the sonic landscape for this album is really cool, and I think that's well exemplified in the intro to this track. It might not sound like much, but as you listen, you become aware of just how much is going on. And then it ends. I think this song is more like in an alleyway. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't give me McDonald's. I was like, ooh, I can't wait to listen to In McDonald's. (laughs) And then I listened to it and I was like, this isn't giving McDonald's. This isn't giving like neon yellow fluorescent red and like hi can i take your order like like this is giving like transcendence (laughs) yeah i mean yeah that you're right you're right i guess that's the point like you're transcending the mcdonald's that you're like oh yeah i mean this this it's you know it plays into a lot of the anti-capitalist themes that burial shows a lot in his music oh was i supposed to be getting that from this album well, you're contrasting the brutalist sounds with the McDonald's. Like, it's just... I think that's pretty subtle. Oh, for, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, is it subtle if the song is called it? It's still subtle. Okay, fair enough. To, fair enough. to be anti-capitalist. Like, you could be pro. Like, it depends on what your perspective is when you're listening to the album. <laughs> I love pro-capitalist deb- dubstep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, bro-step? Yeah, exactly. Skrillex. <laughs> Skrillex. I do in love Skrillex. I don't think Skrillex. I hope he's not capitalist, but comrade Skrillex. The reason Bro Step came to be is because of capitalism, and it's all know, thanks but, to Skrillex. But it's not Skrillex's fault. He was just he was just having fun. There are some. Yeah, you're right. There are some things that led up to you know the creation of it. But don't hate the player, hate the game. You're right. You're right. There, but there's no drums on this track. Friends. Did you notice that? How there's no drums on this track? Yeah, sure. It's yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that mean to me, though? Like it's it's just so for me. Just pointing it out. There's a song that comes up that doesn't have drums. It's like it, an interlude. It's a break. It feels like an interlude. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's. You know what song a, doesn't have drums? What? When doves cry. What's that? By Prince. Oh, that's right. You talked to me about this before. We're not talking yeah. about Prince today. Um, no, I know. But if we're gonna say like, did you did you notice that this song doesn't have drums? I'm like, okay, sure. But like, like come, come to me when it that... when it's a wind doves cry. But when doves cry, you don't notice that it doesn't have drums until you're like, oh, this song doesn't have drums. Oh, you know, for me, this song paints a vivid picture of lost love with just a few vocal lines and in just two minutes uses an Aaliyah vocal sample where she says, because at once upon a time, it was you who I adored. 
And she says that twice. It, it sounds very claustrophobic as this rain cloud throbs around you. You know, you are mythologizing your long lost love. You're about to meet them for the first time in a while in this McDonald's. Then in the last moments of the song, we get the words spoken. You look different, slow down and pitch down. And it's said in a matter of fact, almost disappointed kind of way. You see someone that you once placed on a pedestal, someone that you shared your life with, someone that you knew, someone that knew you. And uh, now you stand here in this McDonald's, no feelings attached to this person, disconnected from their reality, and the atmosphere suffocates you. And all you can say is you look different, but so do you, and you don't look in the mirror ever. Um, this is one of my favorites on the album. Absolutely heart-wrenching stuff. And you want all of that from this song? Yeah. That's crazy. This this album this album captures emotions for me that no album has been able to capture. Like w w words aren't able to capture emotions sometimes. It just has to be the soundscape. And I think Burial does that so incredibly perfectly. Like it's just so evocative of of what he's trying to do. Okay, I mean that's fair. But we can we can move on. We can go into um Well, I want to do your comment justice because that's that's a very deep connection that you have with in McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I respect it and I appreciate it. I'm just really like surprised and taken aback and emotionally moved by your experience with the song and I'm just like I don't get that much emotion from any part of this album so I'm just like okay I I see it I get it it's just not what I had experienced with my time with it but I understand it, to be fair um you know a lot of people and I said this at the top of the podcast you know a lot of people have personal experiences when it comes to this album you know, you hear people talk about this album and it's always, I listened to this album during this time in my life or this song reminded me of this thing in my life. This album is very personal for everyone that loves it. It is like made specifically for them. And I think that's part of the benefit of, you know, a, you know, no real lyrics type of album. It allows the listener to kind of um, paint their own picture on the canvas. Right. You know, Burial just kind of creates these themes and these soundscapes and these settings, and uh, he lets you take off with it. And uh, I just I, I just think it's magical. And, you know, I, I've been listening to this album for years, so I can understand why, you know, this album has gotten me through awful times in my life. And it's it's been my soundtrack for so many ups and downs. And so I think with that personal connection, obviously comes the meanings that um, I'm getting from this. And of course, I get why after a few weeks of listening, you wouldn't um, get all that from a two minute no drums interlude. Well, thank you for saying that. But yeah, let's let's um, let's go to the emotional core of the album, the title track of the album, Untrue. Untrue. Yay. OK. Do you like this song? You said yay. Um. OK, so. <laughs> <laughs> um this is you recognize the sample here of course um it's beyonce uh, of course resentment from 2006 mm -hmm. what album One was of my that favorite 
one of my favorite songs. I think her untitled. I'm untitled. Her self-titled. It's it's really one of your uh one of one of your favorite Beyonce songs. Yes. Oh, wow, didn't know that. Yes, it is a really great deep cut. Very, I think. I want to say one of her best, but she has so many great songs. So it's like, how do you say one of her best? But I have you listened to it? This is a, not a Beyonce podcast. Yes, I've heard the song. Oh, okay. It's one that I liked to practice singing a lot in the past. And I really like identify and, and relate to the emotion of it. So I was really like pleased to hear it on this track. It took me just like a moment. I'm like, wait a second. I know that. Oh, it's Beyonce. It's resentment. Like, what a great song to be sampling. Well, then I, I feel like if you love this song so much, I, you were able to pick up on the themes a lot easier for this song. Um, no. <laughs> themes of betrayal I, and abandonment. It, well, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> Amazing. I said, I said, ah, a classic. This is the title track and it samples Miss Beyonce. It took me only a moment to place the sample just because it's such an interesting context for it to be in. It really matches the burial vibe, but it is definitely a little jarring to hear it on this album. D did she clear this? Uh, there's some more industrial darkness happening in this track and some pops that are very of its time. Some very deep, intense bass in this that I love. Um, so yeah, again, I'm just like listening to this and I'm like, this is good electronic music, but I'm not really like getting much more. Obviously I, I get the, like the tone of the sample and everything and, but yeah. it just seems very upfront. Like it just seems like kind of, I don't want to say shallow cause it has a negative connotation, but you know. The vocal sample is just one piece of the emotional puzzle cause the emotion doesn't just come from the vocal sample. I know, but even if you don't know, like, if you're just listening to it, you're gonna you're gonna know what you're supposed to be feeling just based on the vocal sample. Maybe, uh, maybe you should listen to his first album where there's way less vocal samples and see. I'll probably get much less from it. <laughs> For me, the the motifs continue on this album. The motifs of love, lost love, mm -hmm. abandonment. Um, and this this feels like an epic track. Like it really feels like an epic. There's layers on top of layers on top of layers. The low end is rumbling and it's crackling and it's there's this force in the kicks in the snares and it just like it's pelting you in the face. These these kicks and these snares seemingly without limit as this entire thing plays on loop over and over and over and over again in your head. You know, this betrayal that you felt, that's what this song is really, is is you're playing this betrayal over and over and over again in your head. There's a part on this song that happens about maybe halfway through where um, everything kind of gets stripped back and it feels like the dread is over, but then it slowly comes back piece by piece and it all comes back into focus and just pelts you in the face yet again you ruminate again this this track would be awesome to hear in a club it's a groovy track it's a it's a great track it's the title track for a reason it's the it's the climax of the album right mm -hmm. it's a good song yeah it is yeah do you have anything else you want to say about it i think the back half of this album it gets a little bit like I have less to say about it. There's less things that like stand out because it's like it's the same kind of motifs and sounds and whatnot. So 
I mean, I like this one, but what I like about it is what I like about the other tracks. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I hear you. We move on to Shell of Light. This one is kind of like a fan favorite. Like if you're um, a burial head or something, then, um, you know, <laughs> Shell of Light is like the deep cut that the fans love. You know, from from here on out on the album, the euphoria kind of kicks up into this, or I guess kicks down into this downward spiral. It's a slide deep into the UK club scene. You know, he continues to take R&B vocal samples, obscure vocal samples, and he, you know, puts it underneath this galloping collection of snares and kicks and bass hits. Um, this time on Shell of Light, uh, it's D'Angelo, and he's singing closer. That's really the only word on the song is closer over and over and over again on repeat as the song builds around. It doesn't really, it doesn't really sound like that. No, it doesn't. What, what does it sound like to you? Because a lot of this album... I just hear like, so... <laughs> so yeah, the ambiguity of this album is kind of what makes it. The ambiguity in the vocal samples. There are a lot of times when you cannot understand what's happening or what anyone is saying, singing or whatever. There's a lot of ambiguity across this album, and I think that's um, on purpose. But yeah, you know, it's interesting to hear. Everyone kind of hears a different thing, I guess, on some of these songs. And so it's just interesting to hear what other people hear. You know, there's this, uh, there's the classic burial crackling sounds, but the crackling sounds here are used as a snare. He's using the crackles as a snare and it adds this crunchy texture to the entire track, which also like puts a lot of air into it that makes the song feel lighter. Shell of light, you know, right? It makes sense that it's a song that feels lighter. Uh, a shell of light surrounds us while we sit still in the dark and it's there and it's comforting, um, but we know what's really out there beyond the shell of light. This is, this is a beautiful track, uh, especially like the last minute or so. The amount of stories that people say where they're crying to the last minute of this song. It's a classic burial story. It's It's been known to make me tear up a little even. Um, if you are into burial, into this music, into this album, this is usually the moment when that kind of like full immersion is reached. You didn't even know how much this album was affecting you until that last minute hits, until that angelic, euphoric last moments hit. Which brings back a sample from um, earlier in the album. Great, great track for me. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's really pretty. And the last, the last minute is like pretty and emotional. It just doesn't like sound that emotionally haunting for me. I guess like I can't imagine being so sad to it because it doesn't it doesn't really reach those uh, levels for me. Like, to me, it just sounds, like, really pretty or really good or, you know, and it can sound haunting and industrial and lonely, but it's more of, like, matter of fact, like, oh, this has, like, a, a lonely sound, but it doesn't make me, I don't, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's, like, when you listen to a sad song, I'm like, oh, this song is supposed to be sad, but it doesn't make me sad. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. Well, then let's 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 keep it moving. Let's talk about a, a a song that might be a little bit more difficult for me. Actually, is Dog Shelter. Why difficult for you? Well, uh, this is one of the more mysterious tracks on the album. I mean, it sounds pretty mysterious, but also I couldn't find more than two confirmed samples for this song. 
but if you listen to it, it is filled with all sorts of these little vocal hits, like little like millisecond samples, and and they're playing almost imperceptibly in the background of the song. Um, there are a few words here and there that can be made out, but um, it almost feels like uh, another break, another respite, another plateau from the pummeling drums that we've been experiencing. It's an angelic song. You know, it furthers the theming of the album and it deepens that atmosphere that Burial has crafted so far as we get into the last tracks on this album. You know, this song is kind of a a last minute look at the sun before we fall off the mountain and underneath the clouds again. Or maybe we never saw the sun. Maybe we just imagined it and it all feels like a distant memory now anyway. And we're falling back into the urban decay of South London. It it is beautiful. It is definitely like like you're kind of jumping from cloud to cloud in heaven. Yeah, like you're see like you're seeing a light. Yeah, it's very angelic. You're right. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I said I haven't been to many a dog shelter, but I don't remember this being the vibe. Uh, this is a vibes <laughs> song, <laughs> very ethereal. I love the way the vocal sample cuts in. This is a beautiful track. But yeah, we got that like crackling going in there. We got a lot yeah. of like, ah. this, this, Yeah, this one is, I don't know. It's it's not one that I, it's one that I hear on the album. And that's usually it, right? When I listen to the album. But it it, just like every other song, and I think you can agree with this, every song belongs here on the album. Like this isn't a bloated album in any way. I think that this is one of the more emotionally uh touching songs for me oh good i get get so much more emotion from from that song maybe maybe it's like you're when you're at a dog shelter and there's like a and you know you can't take all the dogs home and then you realize like you're in a dog like your life is you're in a dog shelter and there's no one who wants to take you home with them that's so sad thank you yeah that's that's the album and and you're homeless. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're, we're yeah. We're just gonna we're 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 barreling through this barreling last part of the album through burial. Although you know, there's some heavy hitters in this last half of the album. I gotta say, um, including this song, "Homeless," which is actually the least listened to song on this album, which is incredibly surprising to me because this is a top two song on the album for me. Oh, okay. I love this song. This is when the album like collapses in on itself you know it takes it's taking the patterns and robotics of earlier tracks and it's taking it to extremes on parts of this song it's futuristic and it's aggressive and there's this you know the pitter patter throughout the song pots and pans clanging the sound of an indoor shooting range nuts and bolts and a tin can being shaken a kazoo there is a, a, just a wall of sound in this song you know we even get some glimpses of the origins of dub music with some deep menacing vocals and this gritty wobbly low synth and it's contrasted by you know what sounds like alien blaster sound effects you know so much stuff just keeps getting layered onto this song until it becomes nearly completely abstract it's frantic and it's scary and it's dreadful and i love it so much it's an absolutely insane amount of samples on this track 99 percent of them are probably impossible to find because they're just so tiny and so easy to miss 
um, but they're probably from Metal Gear Solid or some obscure YouTube cover. And it's awesome. I love this song so much. I don't know why it's the least listened to song. Yeah, it definitely, you know, it is kind of like controlled chaos, though, because as you're listening to it, it doesn't feel like it sounds frantic, but it doesn't feel like overwhelming. And I think that, you know, this album really shows like a mastery over like minimalism, but also maximalism at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, this this track kind of reminded me of Radiohead. I think just, you know. Yeah. I yeah, I can hear that. Absolutely. Uh this I, I said this is a bit of a wake up after the last track, so it's like a little bit more upbeat and faster paced and there's a lot of little vocal samples sprinkled in and you know. I don't want to even like try to try to describe what I'm trying to say cuz I don't want to sound dumb, but like the, you know, the the beat and the like drum it like just yeah, yeah. reminded I, the, me of like radiohead the pitter patters yeah and i like it i like it yeah yeah it's and so i appreciate good. it even more after your description too oh good i'm so glad i'm so of glad course. yes just so many sounds going on and it it all adds up to something very cool i want to say to the listeners that i really want you guys to go listen to this album um, it's impossible to describe what this album sounds like. Maybe yeah, you'll this be is, bored this by is a it must. like that was. <laughs> I I wasn't bored. I want to clear that up. Uh, but yeah, this is a must. If you don't supplement this podcast by listening to the music that we are listening to, this is one, one uh, album slash episode where you really uh, need to kind of listen to the album. Please. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Mwah. But yeah, I guess I guess we can keep going, right? Yeah, you can take us to the UK. The penultimate track is also the second shortest track next to the intro. The intro is the shortest, and then it's UK. This one, you know, the the glitchiness that we kind of got a little bit on the production throughout this album shows its head a lot more on this song. It rears its beautiful head. Exactly. You know, you're getting a lot of high pitched, glitched sounds. Combined with these, um, you know, this glitched out keyboard, the classic angelic vocal samples. And, um, you know, this this sounds like a really futuristic burial track. It feels like the future, almost like you're stepping onto another rainy, empty street. But this one is lit by neon signs and gentrified apartment windows. You see a UFO in the distance. It's a very cool sounding track. You know, it's a short one again. But it's a perfect way, you know, to tee up the closer for this beast of an album. I think that this song is the most my style. Like, it really makes me... I want to go... Okay, so, like, this is, like... If you, like, see this street, I think is how you described it. Like, I want to walk down the street. Like, let's walk down... Let's keep going. Like, I want to hear more of this, like, you know, glitchy kind of angelic type beat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. I want more. Okay. So that you might you might like some later burial stuff. He gets a lot more glitchy futuristic in some of his later stuff. He leans a lot more into the otherworldly, the alien of his sound later down the line. And it's some really cool stuff. Okay, I'll look into that. Yeah, but the, you know, this album is kind of supposed to blur the lines between otherworldly and very human, I guess. I think yeah. 
I think um, maybe it's because humans themselves contain other worlds within them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just a thought. Should we uh, talk about this last track? Yeah. Raver. Yeah, Raver. Why don't you uh, open us up? Um, This is the last song on this beast of an album. <laughs> You've got a lot of stuff happening. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so when I listen to this this track, I'm like, this song played on the album, right? Like, I feel like I heard this one already. Or maybe it's just because I've already listened to this album. Like, I get lost so much in this album where, like, I can't remember. It's like, it's such a... It's such a good album in that in that respect. It's like a when you're in a casino and you you there's no clocks and there's no uh sunlight. No so windows, you're like, I yeah. don't I no windows, I don't know how long I've been in this. That's what this album is like and that it's very good and, and that's how it, you you know, you would kind of feel like in a club and whatnot. But, you know, this is the last track and yet I'm like, I swear I we heard this and that's probably because there's a lot of like samples and that that have been used throughout the album but it's also like wait did i hear that sample earlier on the album or or does it just fit so well in the song and just sound so uh familiar and like cohesive with the rest of the stuff so but it's i really like this i really like this song i think it's good but also at the same time i'm like isn't this the same song as one of the other songs like i don't know it's kind of a trip i i love the way that you described that i mean this album really is like a vegas casino floor in the yeah. middle of the night filled with cigarette smoke or the day and, you don't know and oh true and but it's empty, right? There's not there's like three people, three old people sitting on the slot machines, and all you can hear is the ting 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 of the slot machines going off, and it's quiet. Other than that, and all you can smell is cigarettes. Yeah, and old people. And old people. And slot machines. And slot machines. I like this one. It's got like a little goat bleat sample in it. It's not a literal goat bleat sample, but. That's what I call it. It's a vocal I don't even sample. know what you're talking about. It's like, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll have to go back and listen for that, I guess. I can tell you where it's at in the song. Well, let me, let me, let me say some things about Raver. We made it through the journey and we came out triumphant. If not skeptical of the success with this banger of a track, which makes sense considering its name, right? Raver. Could also be an ironic name because burial, you know, rave culture was kind of the antithesis to dubstep clubs, you know? Do you recognize the vocal sample here? No. You don't recognize it as resentment again? Mm, which part? It's a different part of the song, but... I know, but which part of the burial song? You lied. Easy. Those parts? Yeah. But it doesn't sound like Beyonce. I thought it said like dream like. Yeah, it's again the ambiguity in these vocal samples. But oh no, it's a trick. It's actually not the same resentment by Beyonce because of course it's burial. So it's an obscure YouTube cover of resentment by Beyonce. Yeah. He used the actual recording, but now he's using a YouTube cover. Yeah. Okay, well, that's why I didn't recognize it, so. Yeah, no, 
I was I was trying to get you. I'm trying to find the goat bleat. Well, okay, listen to my thoughts. Listen to my thoughts. Okay, then continue. Go on. Okay, so that brings it all back around, right? With resentment, it brings it all back around with the vocals. But, of course, he couldn't simply use the same sample. You know, there across the song, there's like these air drum things that are like... Like it sounds like um, one of those tube drums that you hit with a paddle. Uh-huh. It's a very rudimentary instrument anyway. Isn't that in like the breakdown? There's like a little breakdown. Um, yeah, but it, it also goes throughout. Oh, I only really notice it in the breakdown. Again, in classic dubstep fashion, you know, there's this low end bass that underlines the entire in the entire track with even more glitched vocals, adding even more texture. You know, suddenly in this song, it feels like it feels like the sounds are flying past you. Right, you're dancing and you're smiling and you're having fun but you can't ignore what's really haunting you forever. This is just an escape, and hiding doesn't always work. But you keep on raving, keep on partying, keep on spending your money. Maybe wake up and smell the capitalism, bro. But anyway, this song is really amazing, and I love it so much. It's another one of my favorites, and I think it's a perfect way to close out the album. I didn't get any of that from the song, but I I do love the sentiment, and I love the song. You, you, there's, there, you don't get the part where it really sounds like you're on the dance floor dancing and there's just all these sounds just view, 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 no, no, view, no. I get that. I, didn't, I don't get the like anti-capitalist sentiment part of it. Oh, I was just... Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know if that comes up on this track. That's just what I got from it once I started. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying like I, didn't, I don't get that from it, but I love it. It's a great closer, right? I think it's a perfect way to close out the album. Yeah, I really like it. It really resonates. It's fantastic. My favorite part is the goat bleat. That's the best part of the whole album. There's so many cool sounds across this whole thing. Yeah, I love the inclusion of like uh, unknown covers. My favorite thing, and or one of my favorite things, one of my most favorite things in music is the use of samples. And the use of obscure samples and meaningful samples. And it's like a little uh, Easter egg treasure hunt. And that's one of the reasons why I love electronic music so much is because it tends to be more sample heavy. So I really, really appreciate that. Allegedly, Burial recorded some of the sounds by placing microphones into London's sewers and abandoned buildings. Um, to really get that urban grit into his songs. Why is that only alleged? Because we don't really know about anything that Burial does. Okay, so somebody could have just like made that up. Maybe that's why I said allegedly. I don't know. I know, but okay, I'll take that with a grain of salt then. Thank you. That's what allegedly means. Okay, thank you. Here's what Burials had to say about uh, the ambiguity of this album or what this album is to him. He says, uh, it's quite urban, but it's not a street album. It's more about the spaces in between, the bits you don't see when you're walking down the street. I love that. I think that's a, that's a great way to uh, describe it. Like the liminal space, backrooms-esque. I wonder how he feels about the movie Ratatouille. He probably loves it. Well, we don't know. Why, wouldn't, why, why are you asking that? I just, I just want to know if he likes it. I just want to know his thoughts. Can I tell you my final thoughts? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So for this album, 
Burial took us in and he told us that it's okay to be sad and alone and romanticize your melancholic solitude. It's cool to look sulky and have bags under your eyes and chain smoke cigarettes, but it's also cool to love and love hard and never stop loving as hard as you can. Um, this is an album that's made for passionate people. It's an album that defined a generation. And it's an album that captured a moment in the UK and captured a culture that felt left out. Um, it's an album that both perfectly represents what dubstep is supposed to be and one that was part of the deathbed of albums before bro step took over the genre. You know, this nerdy guy from South London made an album about his life in sights and sounds and textures, and he provided us with a brutalist portrait of the anxiety living in post-9-11 Britain. It's a cultural touchstone that I think is necessary listening for everyone that likes electronic music. And even if, even if you don't, I still think it's necessary listening. There is so much to dig into with this album. And I just hope I did it justice. I hope I did enough to get across the importance of it and my love for it. This album is so incredibly important to the zeitgeist and so incredibly important to me. Yay. I love that. That's beautiful, Tanner. Everybody applaud Tanner. I know you didn't get that from it, but. Well said. Well said. It is a great, fantastic album. Definitely a classic and yeah, I'm glad we got to dive into it. You don't have any final thoughts on the on the album as a whole? I mean, I said my thoughts throughout. Like, it's really great, cohesive, industrial, really important. Definitely listen to it. If you if you like music, listen to the album. If if anything, it's one of the most, like you said, cohesive albums. I mean, the, even the album cover like really plays into the theming of the album. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you joined me for this. I'm glad you listened to it. I'm glad that you gave it a shot, even if I didn't like the outcome. But that's what this podcast is all about. What do you mean if you didn't like the outcome? I, I just I don't know. I thought you would I thought you would get more from it, I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't get all the emotion, but I love the album. Well, good. Good. I'm glad you do. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you enjoy the album. That 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 makes me uh, feel good. I maybe one day in the future, you'll call me up and say, "Hey Tanner, I get it now. I listened to uh, Untrue. You know, once once that soundtrack hits you, I think then you'll get it." What? I get it right now. I'm just saying on a personal <laughs> level. What do you mean? Like feeling it, feel the songs, feel the music. Like I, I do feel it though. Okay, all right, all right. You feel all the emotions and all the the claustrophobia, the urban decay, the isolationism. Yeah, I just don't internalize it. I'm just like, yeah, it's there. Okay, I get it. <laughs> like I don't, I, I just don't feel it in the sense that I feel it. I just recognize that that's what it's portraying. Well, I guess you're not a Sigma male like me. This is an album for the Sigmas out there. If you're a Sigma like me, then listen to this Sigma album. Yeah, my dick is too big to to feel Too this. small. You. <laughs> Anyways. Thank you. <laughs> me or the audience? You. Thank you. And thank you, lovely listeners. Mom and dad. Mom and dad. So... 
we're gonna be taking a little bit of a winter break so tanner i'm gonna give you your next album but y'all won't be able to hear the next episode until 2024 and it'll be great better than ever and yeah thank you for supporting us in 2023 and we hope that you will continue in 2024 yes thank yeah thank you so much we love you all i'm a little bit nervous that that you might have already experienced heard know this album so i don't know if i well you already heard untrue before so yeah but i didn't like i i just got a jump start on on the episode okay okay i only heard it in like august well go ahead okay well i'm just i'm gonna be embarrassed if you've heard it don't be okay i would i would really like to do okay it's a twigs album okay which twigs album lp1 okay have you heard oh yeah i've heard it the whole thing i think so not in years not not you know obviously there's a couple songs from it that that stay in the rotation but never like i haven't experienced it before i don't know much about it so yeah I'm excited for this. Okay. Okay. Well, get get excited. Why? I just I don't know if it counts if you've if you've kind of heard it before and like are more familiar with it. Well, okay. What what's in your rotation? What do you keep in your rotation? Um, two weeks, obviously. Uh, well, I guess mainly just two weeks. Yeah, I guess that's the only one that I really listen to. Then that's a okay with me because obviously that's a single from the album and we can dive into it and explore the wonders of one of my top albums by one of my I'm top excited. artists. Oh, I'm glad. That makes me really happy. I'm excited too. Yay. And everybody Twix. else is and, <laughs> and everybody else is excited to join us in 2024. Woohoo. Thank you, everybody. Woohoo. Thank you. Oh.